Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, crazy people in Toronto. what's going on? Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Welcome to another episode of 39DD, guys. Yeah. Here we are. We're, we're, we're still surviving. We're still surviving. Here we are. We're another back. Monday fun day at 1830 Bar down here at 9 Clarence Square. Please don't do that. Yeah, thank you. Kareem uh, from Cypher Picks here getting very angry at you for that. Good. Do it again. Quick, Just... pass out the gummy bears. Yeah. Uh, How so, was the show tonight? You had a good show. The stand up show was great. Uh, we actually had a first here in uh, comedy. There's something called the drop in surprise guest. That's where a uh, well known comedian happens to be wandering by and all of a sudden he gets a spot. So we had uh, Ryan Belleville, who is a series regular on Working Moms. He's been uh, just for laughs too many times to count. He's headlined comedy festivals all across Canada so much. Been so successful in Canada that he had to move to L.A. That's the next step for him. But he happened to be... Uh, Can't they, hold him here. They flew him. He's in town shooting working moms, and they flew him from L.A. and his hotel's down the street, so he was wandering down the street. And he saw the chalkboard sign out front and was like, hmm, pro comedy. I'm a comedian. And popped in, and we threw him on the show. So there you go. You never know who you're going to catch here. Seinfeld's next week. That is excellent. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, he might have been looking for a dispensary, but he stumbled across a comedy show and was like, hmm, comedians like weed, maybe they'll know. <laughs> and they did. Yes, yes, you never know what you get. Which is fantastic, too. That's a very Canadian fucking story right now. Super Canadian. How about you guys? How was your weekend, everyone? We're back. Oh, I worked all weekend. It was very, very hot. Hmm. Weekend was very hot. Yeah. Cool hey, story, bro. Yeah. Bro, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's all I could think of at the moment. A lot of slow nothing, full moon, heat, weird people. Were people weird? This weekend yeah, it was somewhat quieter than it obviously would have been if yeah. it wasn't so stink-ass fucking ridiculous. But, um, yeah, people were definitely fucking weird. And, like, and I don't know, full moon? I don't know. Yeah, the after hours I work in, the doesn't have a proper air conditioning system or anything, so Ooh. it gets, like, scary McNasty in there. Speaking of the after hours he worked in, uh, Trev, you missed this, but last week after the show, we actually uh, we held it down here till 2 a.m. to close at 18.30, and then we went up the street to uh, Bob's Booze Can. Absolutely. Had called a little bit Bob's of, Booze Can. A little bit of uh, after hours fun. Jim uh, Tubinator here, uh, sound guy, was there with us. I left at 5 a.m., and things were still going pretty strong. Like, I felt like I, it was, the party had barely started. Like, it was just starting to get into it, and I was like, I need to go home. It's light outside now. Yeah, by, like, 10, 10.30, 11 o'clock in the morning, I was, like, laying on a couch in the side back room with, like, some person I didn't really know very well chatting to me about the beer I was not drinking anymore. I was like, yeah, I don't really care about you right now. We're talking. Please go. Is there an actual, like, kick-out time? Like, do they actually ever shut down, or is it yes. 24 hours? They do or? shut down, but it's it's not really a time. It's a space thing. So if there's enough people still spending their money and sitting around being degenerates, then we will definitely stay open and service that. And the night we were there was kind of cool because it was also open mic night, too. Mm -hmm. I had to leave before I could uh, hit the stage. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a spazzed-out thing. You'd expect that the late-night... You know, booze can scene has none of that sort of karaoke or open mic night or blah, blah, blah. But it's actually completely not true. In fact, I've seen comedy nights at like five in the morning, 
I've seen, you know, all kinds of live bands. I, it, it's, 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 it's wild. It's wild. You actually get an enormous diversity for late night, which is surprising. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, pretty intense. Do you, were you working then? Like, were no, you technically no. working? No, that was, I'm, I only work Friday, Saturday. Okay. But if you're there, do you not become like omni working? Like, are they not uh, like, Bob, yeah, take care of this thing real I, quick? I, yeah, it's true. I guess you're sort of like, if you're there, you're, there's going to be expectation you're going to help out. But these guys are friends of mine, so I wouldn't mind doing that anyway. It's like if I was sitting at a bar like this bar and there was a problem, for example, obviously I would lend my hand if I could, right? That's just the nature of the biz, right? Have you ever uh, freelanced, like, like been out and all of a sudden you're working? Like, all the time. Or like, but not even, yeah. Yeah, literally all the time. I, when, I, when my ex-wife was here, she mentioned that there's pretty much no place you can go without someone recognizing you. Well, that also implies to like going to restaurants and working by accident. If I'll be standing outside a place having a cigarette, people will walk to me and hand me their ID. <laughs> right. You know, and when I'm in a really interesting mood, I'll just put them in my front pocket. And be like, thanks. And people stand there for a long time looking at you like, is that is that a thing? Like, what what do we do? And then I'm like, can I have my ID back? No. Well, don't you work here? No. <laughs> right? And they're like, they get that panic look like, oh, shit, that guy just stole my driver's they're like, license. They're like right? 20. <laughs> and you're, I'm, I'm just smiling like. <laughs> and then you hand them back. And like, I don't work here, man. Have a good time. Like, good time. But no, I'll be sitting at a restaurant, like having dinner. I, I remember going out on one of the first dates, actually, with my with my ex-wife. It's funny she's not here. but And we were at a restaurant, a reasonably fancy place. Like, I can't remember where it was. But it wasn't like, you know, I don't have that kind of money. It's not like, you know, Ritz-Carlton, awesome, like, you know, whatever. But it was like just, you know, decent restaurant, like steakhouse or something. We're sitting there. And this fight starts to break out. And I'm walking back from the bathroom. And the bartender looks over. And I don't, I've never seen this woman in my life. And she's like, there's a fight over there at table four. And I look over. I'm like, you're damn right there is. I think the bigger guy's going to win. And she's like, well, looking at me like, what are you going to do about this? And I'm like, place bets? I don't, oh, okay. I, ah, I get it. So I went over and I'm like, guys. They all come to the table, like, mm mm mm. Any more fighting? You're all fighting me. Mm hmm. <laughs> and it gets quiet at the table. I'm like, okay, so you suck. Just be nice to each other. I walk back to the bar. I'm like, yeah, the boss, uh, the boss said you have to pay me up now because they're going to do a cash shift out in the next 20 minutes from the bars. Um, she's like, whoa, okay, yeah, well, what's your rate? I'm like, I make 200 bucks a night. <laughs> and she's like, oh, wow. That's more than the other guys get paid. And I'm like, yeah, but look at me. <laughs> and she's like, oh, here's the cash. Pays it out. I'm like, Phew. walk over to the table. I'm like, hon, do you want to go somewhere nicer? Hi. <laughs> 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 Suddenly we can, Ritz Carlton. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, we're just upgrading. Besides which, I paid our tab. We're good. You got asked to be an impromptu bouncer at a restaurant, then they paid you, and then you left with the money and went to a nicer restaurant? Is that what? That's right. And I skipped on my tab, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Amazing. Full punked. Yeah. Right. I just punked them right off. I'm like, you're going to mistake me for someone you don't know? Okay. Here I am. I'm this guy. I'm right here. Ready to go. Let's do this. Who's there, your bouncer? This guy. There was a guy outside Gabby's at Young and Lawrence when we were like 20, and we just started drinking, and... There's n there's never a bouncer outside of Gabby's, first of all. And so we walk That should up, have been your first clue. We walk up, and there's this guy. It turns out he was just 
Yeah, he was having smokes, but he was just like, "Hey guys, IDs right now." And there's about five of us, and we're like, "Oh, we can show them all our IDs." Like punks, he's and the whole time he's chirping everybody. He's like, "Middle name Blythe. What kind of name is that, you idiot?" And gives it back. Like you live on Dur Street. Like whatever. He's just rhyming off all of our IDs. We're like, "What an asshole!" Like let us in this bar. And we get in, the waitress is like, hey, can we see some IDs, please? And we're like, we showed it to the guy out front. And they're like, what guy out front? <laughs> we got no fun. We were like, duh. Yeah, punked us good. And I'm like, I'm going to do that someday. And I never have. But you kind of kind of look like a bouncer to pull that one off. Yeah. I don't know. Or like just, if you're just some yeah. guy standing outside. Most of you are like, oh, look, there's some guy outside. You know what I mean? Like, maybe once I've been mistaken, but that's it. And then you were like to the owners inside, you're like, and since when does Gabby's have a $20 cover charge? Yeah, right. You just scammed the shit out of you. It's great. Ooh. That's it. It's interesting, though, and we've talked about this before. Because of your size, you're often thrust into scenarios like it's your responsibility just because you have the, the mass. Uh, what's the, worse than that is it's almost legislated. It's right. ridiculous. The Good Samaritan Act, man. It's one of the most dangerous pieces of legislation for guys like me. You can uh, possibly imagine. If you're a safety certified uh, healthcare, like first aid, security license, yada, 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 and you come across a crime in progress or in a situation where you can help the cops foil whatever, you are legally obliged to assist if you can. Legally obliged, which means you have to do it. Isn't that what that whole Seinfeld uh, finale is about? Because they didn't help enough people. Right. So they were like, yeah, you stood by and watched too many times. I, yeah. All I know is this, man. I'm walking down the street, and a cop is having a trouble with you know some armed lunatic on the sidewalk and goes, help me, help me. And I say, fuck that shit. I don't want to get stabbed again. It's my day off. Right? No, to jail. Here's your giant fine, Mr. Malcolm, for not getting stabbed. Here's your fine. Take this fine. And it, it occurred to me once, actually. I've been, I've been hauled in on this. I, and then it gave me a weird... I got mailed a citation saying, like, good job. You're like a hero. But that was the end of that, right? I was on, the, I was on Young Street, and I was walking home from work, and these two tiny little cops were wrestling with these two giant drunks on the corner. Giant's a relative term, okay. I'm using that term liberally because they were big, but not giant big, okay? And the cops, the cops like flipping out, and this, this woman's wrestling with this other woman who's like four times her size, and the woman just picks this little cop up and tosses her under the car, like, Rawr! and the woman sees me coming, and she's like, do something, help, help. And I'm like, oh, motherfucker, really? Did I, I didn't hear that. My, do I have headphones in? And I'm like, no, I don't have headphones in. Are there CCT cameras? I'm looking around. There are. Fuck. So you just punched the cops and the guys ran away. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I walked over and told the very large drunk woman to calm down. And she's like, I'm not going to do what you say. And I'm like, oh, I bet you are. And she's like, why? And her, her large boyfriend is wrestling the other cop. So I immediately punched that guy as hard as I could. Knocked him fucking right on his ass right there on the street corner. Then I pointed at the woman and I was like, that's why. And she was like, mm-hmm. Because I'm sure this guy obviously kicked her ass enough that if I can knock him on his ass that fucking fast, she knows where the rules of the land lie right there. Anyway, the cops, like, jump on the situation, like, helping this woman down because she's flipping out and they handcuff her and stuff. And the guy's like, what's your name, son? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not involved in this shit. And he's like, no, no, seriously, it has to go in the report. And I'm like, no. He's like, do you have ID on you? I'm like, no. He's like, give me your wallet. I'm like, fine. Yeah. Pull the wallet out. The worst part is all I had that had my name on it. This is the worst part. 
was like a fucking library card. <laughs> right? Because I don't carry ID, especially when I'm out working at nightclubs and like illegal night spots and stuff. Because frankly, that's just fucking stupid, right? Like, who are you? I'm Spider-Man. We, we've gone through this one before about the yeah, tickets, Peter right? Parker. It's basically impossible for the police to give you a ticket if they can't figure out what your name is. And if you tell them a name, most of these guys will write it down without batting a motherfucking eyelash. Yeah. So yes, I am Peter fucking Parker on I don't know how many fucking tickets because it's like, I, know, I learned this the hard way. I learned this by actually telling them my name, then going in to pay a ticket and not having any ID. And I wanted, I wanted to argue in court. I wanted to be like, yo, these cops are out of line. Like they gave me this, this drinking ticket in the park with Rich and they were like super racist and weird and like violent and aggro and had no reason to write us this massive ticket and stuff. It was really, really fucked up. Strange situation. Like, okay, I guess I should tell that story because you guys don't know it. All right, so I'm sitting in this park at, in the beaches and, you know, we made the mistake of sitting in the playground. But the problem is it's the middle of winter. It's like fucking February, right? And I was working up the street, and Rich lives in the air, so we just met up and we're drinking these beers. All the kids were on the hill snowboarding and, we, and, and, and tobogganing and stuff, and that's where we normally sit on the benches over there. So we're trying to avoid the kids by being the only place where there are no kids. And this minivan comes driving into the park, and at first I'm like, it's just a fucking minivan. It doesn't have any insignia, nothing on it. Doors fly open, and these four plainclothes cops, like four, well, just plainclothes individuals, leap out of this car. And I'm like, the fuck is this a was this mob hit? Like, am I? This is you know, was this Breaking Bad in the park? Like, woo! It's the playground police. Yeah, you've been, you've been hogging the teeter totter. So these too guys long, come sir. over and they start <laughs> they start flashing badges and getting super aggressive with Rich. And if you've ever met Rich, you gotta understand he's like he's like you know five foot nine, like a hundred pounds, docile. You know? <laughs> yeah, quite a passive little dude. Yeah, fall, yeah. yeah kind of narcoleptic, falls asleep everywhere. And literally, these cops are like giving him a really hard time. And kind of ignoring me. Like, I'm wandering around, drawing little smiley faces in the snow. I'm not even joking. Like, I'm just like, you guys are whack. Like, what the fuck is going on in this park? And you see the guys, like, staring at me like, I don't know if I want to talk to that guy because he's really big and scary. But this little guy, we're going to bully. So they're fucking with Rich for I don't know how long. And I'm getting weirder and weirder and more and more angry. I'm just like, well, pretty soon I'm just going to know. We have to go these guys. I don't even know if they're cops. But I'm like, we're just going to do that. And finally, they're like, well, we're writing you a ticket. And he's like, looks at me finally. He's like, what do you have in your bag? What, zip ties and binoculars? And I'm like, no. Zip ties I'm like, and I'm like, binoculars. I'm like, no, officer. Not everybody's like you. And he's like, what was that? And I'm like, you heard me. I'm like, write me the ticket and fuck off. Because all you can do is write me the ticket. This is not an indictable offense. I'm not going anywhere with you for any reason. And that's a fact. Believe me when I tell you, I will resist an illegal arrest and you'll regret it. Anyway, tickets, 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 whatever. Because the cops were so abrasive, so aggressive, so ridiculous. Like, accuse me of being a child molester. Literally, like, in this park, like, scoping for the kids. Uh, like, really? That's why me and my best friend are sitting alone, you know, behind a playground where there's no children hiding from people having a beer. That's, yeah, we're here to prey on the kids. L fuck off, you know what I mean? Anyway, long story short, got to the, got to the court. I'm like, yeah, I want to fight these fucking cops. I want to place a formal complaint. I wanna, I'm like, I'm all self-righteous stuff. I'm like, yeah, I got this shit. Ready to roll in this courtroom. I show up, I'm like, my name's Robert Michael Malcolm. Here's my fucking ticket. I want to pay the fucking thing, and I want my moment in court. I want to see these cops. I want to talk about it to a judge, and I want that now. And she's like, 
Well, do you have uh, a driver's license or a passport? I'm like, no. She's like, well, I'm sorry. You can't even pay this ticket. I'm like, what? I'm like, the cops think it's me. They're pretty fucking sure. Like, they wrote this shit down. She's like, no, I'm sorry. Without that proper ID, you can't be that. Like, How many motherfuckers walking off the street with somebody else's $350 ticket and be like, hi, I'm fucking uh, Dwayne L. Esquire and I'd like to pay this ticket, please? Like, really? When the fuck does that happen? The answer is never. Random charity? No. Never. Never happens, right? But no. So that taught me the most important lesson about tickets that I've ever, I've ever got, which is if you tell them any fucking name whatsoever and they write that shit down, you're good. You are gold because that ticket right there, even if they misspell your name, you're gold. So if it's not the same name as on your ID, that ticket is not for you. That ticket is for whomever the fuck they think that person was. So like, you know, you hear that Lars Classington. I'm thinking <laughs> crime spree. <Yeah. laughs> Such so your pro tip for the night. You get tickets, but Peter Parker, do you have any idea on you? Nope. Write it down. That's it. That's what happens? N- no. Usually they get really mad and ask you for ID again, check your pockets, and check your wallet. But if you're actually not carrying any photo ID, then you just rock and roll, and it's fine. I feel like now they're just like, they just hold your phone up and be like, oh, facial recognition. There it is. Trevor Catcherson. We got you right here. Is that you? Yep, that's you. That's like, is that uh, Trey Catcher or Trey the actor? I had a friend that mailed her, courts, yeah. mailed her a court summons, and she has a really long, complicated... Uh, German last name, uh, Brandenburg, with a bunch of little umlauts and stuff in it. Anyway, they send her something that's basically like Blanderger Blag or something on, you know, because whoever was in the office just like, Blanderger I don't know what the hell Blag. that name is. I can barely spell, so just. And yeah, so she went to court for this offense she obviously committed, had pled guilty to, was caught red handed, walked in and was like, this summons is for a Blanderger Blag or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not that person. It's not a real word. And and the the crown was like, because that's your case. The only witness, the person you're supposed to charge, shows up and your paperwork is wrong. That's a mistrial right there. And for a misdemeanor, they won't give you another one. They won't. It's not worth the money. They'll be like, no, beat it. Innocent until we're not stupid. And that's the end of that. (laughs) I'm going to write that down. Um, you ever thought about going into, uh, you know, the uh, the sector of law? Paralegal? You'd make a good paralegal, yeah. I think. Or private eye. Well. Ooh, private eye. Well, you're not so sneaky. You can't be. Well, not, you're not a sneaky He is sneaky. I, I actually was a private detective for a while. Were you? Absolutely. I worked for a security company. All right. And did um, court summons and... Um, they serve like what do they call it when you serve people papers? Uh, bond service. You should be a bonds bondsman. Oh my god! What, what, do, they call Brown that? what do they call that? You serve people papers for like, yeah, but there's some Sheriff? there's some kind of officer involved. Anyway, no, but the thing is, you got to get sneaky and you got to get tricky for that stuff because people hide and they pretend they're not there and they know the same tricks I do. Like no ID, no name, you're not real. We should do like a Canadian version of dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> bounty hunting is legal. Bob in the bounty hunter. Well, then the, what you're talking about the citation. That's gonna, fun. That's we, fun. Serving papers we'll, is fun. We'll like follow you around, and you'll. I did, like... I did a couple of uh, skip traces. I did a. <laughs> I did one divorce proceeding. Where I had to take pictures of uh, some dude philandering on his wife. 
And actually, that was like easy for me. That was so easy. It wasn't even funny. I, I, I found out the club that they were going to all the time and like him and his girlfriend making out there on this patio. So I went up there and a buddy of mine worked the door. So I went there early. I'm like, yo, I want you guys to upgrade these guys to this VIP table right on the corner, like in plain sight of the street, just right there. Because if they're sitting right at the Here's another little insider pro tip. You have absolutely no privacy if you are sitting within three feet of the public domain. So, for example, if the railing is here and the sidewalk is there, then I can stand there and take pictures of you all day long, and you cannot claim that you have privacy rights of any kind because you just don't. You're in public places, and in 99.9% .9 of all public places, your image will be captured on CCTV cameras and so on and so forth, so you mm. cannot claim that you had any expectation of privacy, right? It's like you're in a pool house or like behind a fence. No, you're just sitting there. So I asked them to upgrade this guy's table. So they upgraded the guy's table. He thought he was like the man. He, now he has this nice table in the corner, you know, quiet away from all the people, right? And, you know, I'm sitting with my buddy in the car, like literally right there, like three feet away with the camera very similar to the ones we filmed this show on, right? And I'm just like, just, I'm just like, and the guy finally looks over. And there's no tint on the window. The window's open. I'm just sitting there like, duh, 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 duh. and he goes, hey, what's this all about? I'm like, you'll find out <laughs> like like real soon. Even the best had. part is the server at the bar also gave me a copy of the credit card receipt run. So I had him like six nights, like buying champagne for this girl and stuff. And I'm like, you don't buy champagne for like your sister. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, that's not how this works. Don't lie to me. You know what I mean? Anyway, so I showed up with the pictures and she was like really upset. And she was like, immediately made an offer on the guy's life. And I'm like, no, that's not the work I do. I'm sorry. I work for a professional company. Wow, like, you know, hilarious. no, she was straight up like, she's like, how much to fucking kill him? And I'm like, Ooh, did you wrong ask, industry. Did you ask her how much? No, she was like, how much? And, and I was like, nope. No, you didn't. That's to go. You couldn't even talk numbers because that's talk probably no. illegal already. It's wildly illegal. In fact, at that point, if, in that point, if she talking about it, if that all. point, if she gets someone whacked and has any proof we had that conversation, I am witness, like literally suspect number only. Right. Like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, that giant. <laughs> giant fucking scary mob enforcer looking fucking guy. No, he couldn't possibly be involved in this. No. I, hypothetically, though, if... Also, as a, sorry, another thing as a private detective, no one ever expects the giant guy right. to be the guy. Ever. Like, well, so he's, like, too, he's too big. Surely it can't be him. You look down the bar and you see some giant guy sitting there drinking double-back whiskeys. You know, and you just think, oh, just some dude at the bar drinking double-back whiskeys. And so I'm like, oh, hey, man, what's your name? John. Oh, John Phelps? Yeah. Oh, man, you've been served. <laughs> to have a whatever kind of fucking day you have, man. See you later. That's great. If there was a price that was right uh, to hire you as a hitman and you were to cross into assassin assassination land. Uh, One pickup truck and three raisins. Is that how you do it? Why not? I can plead insanity. And three, so how would you kill him with three raisins and a pickup truck? My, I, I wouldn't. I'd kill him and then get a pickup truck and three raisins. That's my price. Oh, that's his price. So then, how would you kill him? That'd be what crazy. Oh, come that's on funny. now. No trade secrets like that are being given. No. No. How do you kill people? What do you mean? How would you kill people? I'm asking if you were. How would you man, kill people? How would you? Lars? Probably a gun or a, yeah, probably a gun. No, uh, uh, not a gun. I would. Uh, I would set up some elaborate booby traps. So Have you ever like fired a gun? 
Yeah, of course, I've fired a gun on movie sets. That yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but I've played a gun on TV. Gun, like, gun made a cow out of my streets. Um, probably. Have you ever fired a gun? Uh, no, we've been talking about going to a, dri- uh, a driving range and firing guns. <laughs> to that, I will do that. That's how much d- guns he's fired. Let's, let's go, go to a driving range. Let's go to a driving range and shoot guns. No, it sounds like a normal sign of fun. What you do, what you do is you get like your pitching wedge. A couple guys teeing You get your pitching off. wedge. Yeah, you, you tee off and then try to shoot the golf balls. Or <laughs> I fired a few guns. Yeah. We actually had this conversation at work the other day. Knowing people in small towns... And spending a lot of time in them equals shooting guns at things. Mm. It just takes a matter of time. You're sitting on the back deck drinking moonshine, and someone's like, hey, we should go shoot shit. And it's like, for as a Canadian kid that doesn't own any guns, I'm like, that's a fantastic idea. Let's fucking do that right now. Let's never stop doing that. My cans, my precious cans. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like. You take a 12-gauge shotgun and you like blast away at this stump until there's very little stump left, you know? And occasionally you walk over and put a bottle on top of it, which none of you can hit because you're all too drunk and just shoot the stump somewhere like, eh, fucking woo! It's great. I fired a, I fired a 357 Magnum one time and almost broke my own nose because I was drunk and didn't know what the hell I was doing. My hold was all wrong. I was holding my own wrist kind of like flimpy like this and like, meh, and I'm like, hey, boom! And the gun just leaps. It just jumps right back at you like a, like a striking snake, you know? And I'm like, huh! <laughs> And I didn't break my nose, but I did burn my my uh, eyebrow because the barrel of the gun just touched me and it had just been fired, right? What? Pretty damn hot. So I was like, ah! <laughs> but yeah, I was. I got my my buddy was like, yo, you, you, don't do that. And I was like, thanks, that the brilliant <laughs> advice. He's like, you got to hold that shit different, lad, not the way you were holding it. I'm like, oh, I get that, obviously, now. Thank you very much for the advice well after it matters, right? <laughs> so how do you hold it? You put your hand on top, your other hand? Back brace. Oh. Don't get <laughs> mad at me. You're in the military. I'm just a fucking country boy who never shot a gun before. <laughs> that wasn't at a carnival uh, to fill up a balloon with water. That was, that was that's, my, that's my gun experience. Yeah. And, one, and then one time, one time I was at a biker pig roast, mm. and they were they they roasted three Other pigs. bikers. <laughs> yeah, I thought so, but you know they roasted three pigs. It was amazing, right on this ranch. And in the middle of the night, you know, again, everyone's liquored the fuck up and doing the dusties and just drunk and high and staggering around smoking smoking weed and eating pig and it's pretty intense, right? And then you start hearing. <laughs> When I'm at first, I'm like, yo, should we be leaving? Is there like a, a situation? And the guy's like, damn right, there's a situation. They're shooting shit without me. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. What are we doing now? Went in the back, and there's like 30 or 40 guys just stand by the sand lot at the end of the parking lot, just fucking personal sidearms. You know, I'm just like, yeah, in their vests, out come these guns, like, woo! They're just like, they're not shooting at anything. They're just shooting because, well, hey, it's time to shoot now. <laughs> so I spent a good 20 minutes being like, I'm really sorry, but uh, can, I, can I see your gun? The guy's like, boy, that's a stupid question to ask. I'm like, I know. I know it's really stupid, but I don't own a gun. And you guys all have so many. <laughs> you know, and they were like, most guys like trying to take pity on you. Like, what, you don't own not even one gun? I'm like, I'm from Canada. They're like, oh, shit, here, try this gun out. This is what the guns are like, you know? That's <laughs> pretty cool. My um, my my cousin's a gun dealer. He deals mostly in airsoft, though. 
like uh, real I've, real I've, real I've, firearms I've modified shot, for I've shot those. yeah real real firearms modified for paint rounds and stuff. But it's funny because he ha- he'll have like like sixty seventy rifles in the back of his truck, like his car. He's just driving along, and the state troopers will stop him. You know, just standard road check, whatever. Be like, well, what do you got in the back of the car? And he's like, a lot of guns. And there's always, same response, always. All right, sir, could you please open the back of the van or whatever? He's like, yeah, no problem. Uh, Here's my dealer's license, this and that. The next thing, pop it open. He's like, I run a paintball range, actually. And we do full tactical for guys just like you. And the cops and the state trooper guys are like, oh, yeah? Well, where's the strange at? He's like, and he pulls out one of the AKs or something like, he's like, yeah, this one's fully modified to shoot paint rounds. Like, Total airsoft. Here, check it out. Side of the road, cops standing there fucking shooting this paint rounds into the trees next to I was like, wow, the action on that's real authentic. You know, he's like, yeah, absolutely. We do this full tactical. We got paint grenades. We got, you know, sniper rifles. Like, Guys, sign up on the side of the road. You know, in Canada, you're driving along with 50 rifles in the back of your truck. You get pulled over by the OPP and you're like, what do you have in your truck? 50 rifles? You're going to jail. You know what I mean? You're not getting clients. No, it's not happening. Right. You're going to jail. Another pro tip. Those cops are his best customers now. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that. Learned that when the last time I spoke to him, he was like, "Yeah, I get a lot of business. Like, you know, cops pull me over. I'm like, I got guns in the car. How many guns? Fifty guns. They're like, okay, well, that's definitely a search right there. And he's like, oh, and then here's my card. And they're like, oh, yeah, paramilitary guy, stuff like that. It's a big thing. Jim, you partake in any uh, paintball games? Jim, our uh, one of our sound technicians. Uh, you were Canadian military back in the day. You seen some action? He was in S- huh? Somalia. He His was, home country. He was Slovakian Secret Service. <laughs> He's a triple agent. No? We call him Tricycle. Uh, to uh, yeah, Somalia and Bosnia. So all the uh, fun places in the nineties. Peacekeeping. That's what we were supposed to be. That was the idea. Was it peaceful? (laughs) (laughs) Stupid fucking question. I know. I'm sorry about that, but no. And so since then, do you replicate any of the... Well, funny enough, no. We, uh, Yeah, I love paintball so much. I was actually on the the committee to make paintball an Olympic sport. For real. You were on the committee to make paintball an Olympic sport? And they laughed at us so hard because it's a gun, right? I mean, like, they do biathlons. Yeah, biathlon. And, like, underwater hockey is kind of a sport. Yeah, but you can't can't shoot other people. They they didn't like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, the spirit of the original Olympics, I mean, sorry, like, naked guys wrestling till someone died. Uh, but you you can't shoot paintballs at somebody because that might put out an eye, and that's not sportsmanlike. But you can strap a board to yourself and fall down like a forty-five vertical cliff, and that's a sport too. Somehow on, on ice, speed skiing. Another yeah. one. Dress up like Darth Vader and kill yourself on a hill. Do you know when those guys wreck those neoprene suits at the speeds they hit the the snow? Those suits melt into your fucking skin. Right. I learned that it was random. My dad watched the Lunar Olympics. He watches all kinds of weird, like just boring, like super boring sporting events, like just out of nowhere, right? Darts. <laughs> no, darts is nothing near, nothing near as boring as like long run cross country ski, oh. uh, where it's like two and a half hours of watching people go <laughs> and different angles of guys going. <laughs> 
and then occasionally going for three or four seconds, and then like unless you like watching the same patch of terrain turn around in a circle, like you like sort of endlessly riding the merry-go-round of purgatory in the winter while guys go past you in weird little Nordic outfits. If that's your deal, then long range, like, you know, cross-country skiing is for you. Otherwise, that's why, the, yeah, the biathlons and stuff where like they actually like, they shoot things. That's pretty cool. Like you see a lot of, but then it's like, and then you're like, yeah. Yeah. Now we got a sport Cheering on our hands. station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they also have to slow their heartbeat round. The heartbeat to oh, yeah. to shoot. It's yeah. good skill. I like oh, it. It's, it's really I look, I couldn't do but, a, a yeah, long I couldn't do a long circuit cross country ski. I would die like half a circuit. I'd be like at <laughs> the end of that. Yeah. Massive coronary, like, give me a smoke, just lying on the side of the rack. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, uh, we were planning to do an episode where we all go cross-country skiing, but I guess we're going to nix that. No, now. we can go cross-country skiing, but none of this, like, what, what do you want to do? Like, Alp, I'm going to spend four hours out here cross-country skiing. Fuck off, man. You know what I'll do? I will go to the fishing ice hut where you intend to arrive. Nice. I will drive there in my 4 by 4 and I'll be sitting there waiting for you with a flask when you come in and tell me how much cross-country skiing sucked. Right. You should go snowshoeing. Yeah, because that's even less strenuous. <laughs> we can definitely hotbox the ice fishing hut, though. I think we should Those do that. Those are easy to hotbox. They're small. Right. Exactly. They're already almost airtight. It's actually really easy to hotbox uh, ice or snow huts. I mean, you've, you've built a snow fort that you fit in before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gets nominal. <clears throat> Fitting. You get in, and you're in. <laughs> you know? You don't move around a lot. Yeah. You would have had to build it though, because if anyone else was building it, they wouldn't have like been like, "Make sure Bob can fit." Like, no, of course I was involved in the project. Yeah, because like any time of hole, you make a hole, it's like a little. It's not usually a walkway hole. We built one really crazy snow fort one time. It took us two months one winter because we froze the whole thing. So every night we would come back with um, buckets of water and throw water on it just before sunset and let it freeze. So the walls were like three inches thick, but they were solid ice. That was pretty cool yeah. because like the other kids whipping snowballs and stuff at us had no chance. And one idiot, because we'd cover the outside in snow, thought he was going to do one of those like bombardier went over and jump through the wall oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was not that big and he hit it and it was just like, again, it's like three inches of ice. It's like running to a you know, reasonably thick wall. And he was just like, and some of the snow falls on him and he was like, oh, and I was like, yes. And then we just like, Helped them with snow. It was great. Outboxing those things are great. In, uh, I, I, looks like you have a, a question in the audience out there. Do we? Yeah. Um, yeah. What up, Lori? Identify yourself. Lori! Speak to the mic. Hi, I'm Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi. Hi. Hooray. <laughs> you can find... I'm Lori. I'm here to... Yeah, you can find it's, Lori. It's been at least at, 25 uh, seconds since Lori. I drank some of this Dos Equis and I am uh, a recalcitrant. What's your drunk. handle on um, wow, so sorry, it's just weird hearing your own voice. It sounds so weird. But, sounds um, great. Okay. Come on, bring it on. Speak like, into the microphone. But you've had, you've lived a life. Yeah, like, yeah. A crazy life. Absolutely. Time to check out. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, my question to you is, like, well, what is your favorite, what was your favorite job that you did? Was it the PI, personal, you know, private investigator, or what was your favorite job? 
Jizz Mopper. Yeah, Jizz Mopper. I've heard this story. Uh, you don't need to imagine too much. Uh, imagine a mop and some jizz, and then that jizz needs to be mopped up with the jizz mop. No, that was my worst job. Actually, my favorite, <laughs> my absolute favorite job was working as a Dungeons and Dragons summer camp counselor. Oh. Wow. Oh. How are you still not doing that? Slash jizz mop. Because, the, because the pay working at like a city run summer camp is the kind of thing you can do when you're like in high school. Yeah, tell me about it. But afterwards, not really so much unless you're like a hobo. Yeah, tell me about it. I feel like we can't not discuss the jizz mopper. Fine. Yeah. The yeah. jizz mopper. Okay, we need the jizz mopper story. Yeah. Okay. The jizz mopper story. Thank you for asking about the jizz mopper story. So for a very short period, a very short period of time, I worked in one of the um, porn shops downtown that has private viewing booths in the back. And I was a you know shelf stalker, late night custodian, 24-hour place, right? Live girls or video? Video. You're like okay. right out of the deuce. Like quarter? Like quarter peep shows? Well, it's like, you, yeah, you, no, you pay a few bucks into the slotto and then it plays a video. Like it just runs okay. like a porn video. It's a porn okay. theater. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's private like the, like private viewing like booths just means jack off booths. That's right. what that means. Gotcha. And man, it's just jizz absolutely everywhere. So Oof. when you walk in there, it's just like, it's like, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty horrifying. But on the lighter side, I got one amazing story. I used to work with an Asian woman there who was in medical school. And this girl was unflappable. It did not matter. The place could be on fire. Someone could walk in with a bomb vest on, and her demeanor would not change at all. So, like, I mean, she saw the weirdest things. Like, guys in full fetish gear wearing yellow raincoats come in and be like, can I have 10 quarters, please? Stuff like this. She'd be like, no change, no service, buy something. He's like, what am I saying? How about lube? Like without batting an eyelash, she's reading a medical textbook. How about lube? He's like, well, maybe I'll use some of that. Yeah, sure, I'll buy some lube. There's no change otherwise. You buy something. So one night, I'm I just finished mopping up. It's near the end of the night. It's like four in the morning. We're about to close up for the next shift. You know, there's a two-hour overlay between. And this guy comes in and tries to rob the place with a little switch knife. You know, and all I hear is Kim at the desk. He's like, Bob, some guy robbed the place. He's coming in and robbed the place. He's like, oh, I come walking out pushing the mop bucket ahead of me. You know, it's just a mop bucket, you know, thing. I'm wearing these like crazy up to the gloves like here, you know. And I'm like, oh, yeah. He, he's this little switchblade. I'm like, dude, all the cash goes into a safe. Like there's no cash register here. The money just, she counts the money and it goes into the thing. And then every 10 minutes, so there's like $12 in change in the safe or in the, in the till. You want the twelve dollars? Like, are you hungry? Do you need it? He's like, No, no, I want the money. Open the safe. I'm like, dude, it's time lock. We can't open the safe. He's like, Open the safe. I'm like, Kim says, that, again, she's still reading. She has not even like she's not patting an eye. She's got the knife. She looks up, she goes, Give him the mop. And I'm like, okay. And I grabbed the mop out of the jizz bucket. And I'm, I look at the guy and I said to him, Look, man, you really gotta go. You gotta leave. I'm like, seriously, you don't understand. Like, we didn't sign the Geneva Convention around here. We're about to use biological weapons on your ass. You got to go. He's like, little knife. I'm like, okay, fine. Right in the face with Jizz Mop. His mouth is open. He's about swearing at me. He's like, he's like, flay. And And I pull the mop back. He's dripping. And I'm looking at him. I'm, 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 I'm I'm like. And Kim goes, oh, that's not good. And she looks over at him, the medical student, remember, right? And she goes, so you should go to the hospital. 
and tell them you need the cocktail. And he's like, what? He's like, the cocktail. When you have like, possibly have lots of vanilla disease now and you want to catch that quick before it's set in. And he's like, huh? I'm like, what she's trying to say is you got like a whole shitload of spunk all up over your face right now. Like everyone else's jizz, everyone else's. This is a porn theater, son. And he was like, <laughs> it dawned on him. He dropped the knife. He's like, I'm going to die. And I'm like, probably not. But I've never seen anyone with syphilis in their eye that liked it. Right. Anyway, so that's the porn mopping story. I didn't keep that job for very long, as you can imagine. It was one of those places, like, just not particularly fun to work, you know? How did you find yourself there in the first place? Like, how did you... Find porn. Wow. And they're like, we could use a good, good jizz No, there's a here. sign in the window, help wanted. And I was buying porn and I was broke. And I was ah. like, oh, you a job? Yeah, I'll do a job. I'm like, that's well, great. you have stock shelves and mop up around the store. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. Until so I get there the first night and Kim's like, okay, so go mop back room now. And I'm like, back room. <laughs> and I look over and there's the sign, like, like private viewing rooms. And I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Fuck this deal, this job, babe. You know, job's a job. And Did you get an employee discount on uh, porn? Of course. Nice. What, 10%, 20%? Free. I just took things. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm a jizz mopper. You yeah. think they're going to say no to the jizz mopper? Like, yeah. yeah, I took this giant dildo, four liters of lube, and like 10 magazines. The guy would be like, okay, Bob, did you clean the private rooms? I did. Have a good night. <laughs> uh, any other uh, audience comments, questions for Giant Bob? Who else we got in the audience here tonight? We got a great audience. Rashana, anything you want to know? Rashana. Hey, what's up? What, what's going on? Identify yourself. Hi, I'm Rashana. Oh, hi. Hi. We got a sexy audience tonight. Welcome to the show. That's I'm talking to you, Jabril. <laughs> That's everybody. Yeah, yeah. you you guys are real the thrill. Yeah. I I'm fascinated by these stories. I'm always fascinated by these stories when I hear experiences with from other people with the cops. <laughs> I'm always like, is this why other people don't believe the those movements that are like, cops are terrifying, cops are too brutal, cops are too violent. Yes. Because there's so many positive experiences with, oh, we're just gonna shoot these guns at the side of the road, where it's, where it's like, or you know, I'm gonna ask you for your ID, and I'm gonna search you politely as opposed to, you know, just shoot you, you know, like what, is this? I have definitely yeah. had both positive experiences and like guns drawn for the craziest of weirdo things. Yeah. Uh, I'm a medieval martial arts enthusiast, right? So I like sword fighting LARPing? and stuff. LARPing. <laughs> yes, that's right. I actually got a check today from the TDSB. I run um, consulting for them, to playing Dungeons and Dragons with kids and teaching them about fantasy writing. So anyway, that's uh, another ad lib. But one night we, were, uh, we made a bunch of these PVC and foam swords, you know, and weighted with sand to be the appropriate weight and... Oh yeah! We got oh some, yeah! We got some slow jams. Oh, there we go. Or is that, that, oh, is that the? No, that was, the, that was the Jeopardy bump right there to get my stars. Let me see what's going on. So we made these swords, y'all. I thought that was the Oscar out of uh, PVC and foam. Yeah, and they were the, properly like weighted Oscar. with sand. Sorry, I thought we were grooving out. Come on, fucking going on here? It's amazing. Oh yeah. Okay. No, he's trying to fix it. That's the Oscar. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. 
Well, you did twice. It was off, so how can you not turn it off? That's all right. We'll ride this out. That's okay. That's all right. We'll just slow jam this one through. It's it's a quick story anyway. So we made these we made these we made these PVC and foam swords. We made these PVC and foam swords, and we were outside, you know, in the street, in front of our house, drunk as fuck, like sword fighting and shit. And somebody in the neighborhood across the street or whatever (laughs) called back. "Uh, I'd actually like another pair of Dos Equis, please. Dos Dos Equis. I'm okay, thank you. I'm good, thank you. And uh, shout, out to, c- shout out to Kaz here at uh, 1830. Yeah. Hey, Kaz. Kaz. All right. So, yeah, one of my weirdo neighbors, being fucking, what a weirdo, looks out the window and sees a bunch of guys with these, like, silver batons attacking each other like maniacs and screaming like barbarians in the middle of the street. So she called the police, of course, right? right. The cops showed up, two cops. We lived a block away from 55 Division, so really they didn't need to drive, <laughs> but they drove. Car screeches up. Young cop leaps out the side. No. Gun right out. And he's shaky. And he's pointing at me. He's like, drop the bat. Drop the bats. Because I got one on each hand. And I'm like, yo, motherfucker. It's PVC and foam. PVC and foam. No one's dying here tonight. Please. And I just put them down real slow. I'm like, just uh, ease up on the trigger finger there, palio. Like a little (laughs) bit of a sneeze and I'm a dead man. Shit. Put the shit down. I'm like, calm down. PVC and foam. And I said, I have a lawyer. And the older cop comes over and puts his hand on the, the guy's wrist and slowly lowers the gun. He's like, calm down. Calm down, pal. Like the rookie. And then, and then he looks over at him and he goes, put that shit away. That's some serious fucking paperwork. <laughs> oh, right? Fuck. Looks around. Like my, my buddy is like his dad helped to create MasterCard, that kind of shit. So these aren't kids that like, you know, in, in a bad situation. These are kids who can easily sue the police department for their fucking pants. Like just like... But anyway, yeah, no, I definitely had guns pulled on me by the police. Yeah. That's true. Everybody lived. I think it was a bit of a miracle that night. Yeah, it really was. All right. Like uh, I think we got the wrap it up music here. Uh, it's uh, That's terrible the, uh, to do a podcast and then be interrupted by fucking random music here. But uh, let's. Uh, this, is how, this is how we do it here. Give in a shout out. Downtown uh, Toronto. Yeah, I think that was a little passive aggressive. Uh, let's end the show. Uh, so thank you uh, for tuning in, listening. Hit us up at 39DD Show. Shout out to uh, whoever uh, R&B artists we're listening to as the backtrack right now. We'll try and delete it. But if you're listening to this, it's Jay-Z. Okay, fuck. Fine. Jay-Z, you can stay in our fucking podcast. But uh, you owe us money for the exposure. Just this one time, Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. No, so, we're just going to steal it. It's fine. Check us out at 39DD Show Jay-Z on Instagram. Jay-Z understand that. 39 Drunken Disorderlies. Like, Yo, That's right. You know I'm not paying you royalties? I fucking just stole them. Nice. Beats. Nice, nice. Yeah, and then I'm like living in a fridge box by Burger. Uh, I told Jay Z I stole his shit one time and sued my ass words. Back in the Stone Age. Final words. Yeah. Before we get the fuck Final out words. of here. Jay Z, you fucker. Yeah, there we go. Jay Z gets That's the a last wrap. word. Have a good night, right, we'll ladies and gentlemen. See you all next week, week everybody. Yeah.